All right, now let's move on to our next guest. And our next guest is the author of the book we're doing today, A Father's Daughter. And the author is uh, Swastika Juggernauth. Now, I understand, and I want to preempt this by saying Swastika, the name, um, is a name that was popularized by Adolf Hitler. But in actual fact, it's a rather good, a toward good endeavor towards good the very symbol is had nothing to do with nazism and so when i read the book there had been this thing in the back of my mind swastika swastika but then again uh, i thought i'll give the actual author the opportunity to help us understand so we don't get blocked by the name because many people will think swastika Really? That's the name of the author, Swastika Juganath. And she wrote a book about her relationship and her father and her father and her relationship with the daughter. And the title of the book is A Father's Daughter. And her grief, COVID, did a mockery of our people. And, uh, well, it so happens that uh, the good professor, shall I say, because she's a PhD, uh, wrote a book about it. Uh, Swastika, good evening to you and thank you very much for joining us. Good evening, Nayan. Thank you for having me. Do you want to tell us first uh, the actual meaning, the original, before Adolf Hitler annexed the meaning of a swastika for his own misuse? Give us the full and correct meaning of a swastika. Sure. I'm glad you've asked. So I, I generally find myself having to explain my name in a few audiences. <laughs> yes. So you're quite right, Nayan. It originates in Hinduism. And uh, unfortunately, people only know it um, because of what Hitler had done. Yes. But it, its original thought does come from Hinduism. And uh, like the Om symbol is sacred in Sanskrit and Hinduism, um, this swastika symbol is equally of importance. Um, it's a symbol of luck, prosperity, goodwill, yes. peace, auspiciousness. Um, you know, it's been around for many centuries. Uh, yes. And like I said, it's it's sad that people only know the history um, because it's a symbol on the Nazi flag. And, That's right. You know, Hitler took that symbol and uh, inverted uh, that symbol and uh, did the direct opposite of what the symbol stands Indeed. for. Indeed. So it's good to explain it. Uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, my parents named me this because I have a purpose to explain what yes. the symbol means. <laughs> yes, it, and it would help people of faith, of all faiths, to understand what exactly was meant the Hindu ideologies are missed so, so many times because people always think of polytheism as evil and miss out on the beautiful nuggets that have been embedded in many of the things that we find in Hinduism. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. It's your perspective of writing that we're talking about and your book, A Father's Daughter. Give us give us what exactly it is you're talking about here because in my reading, it sounded as, as though you were bleeding on paper. It sounded as though you were sharing your heart on paper. You you were literally crying and weeping and, well, recovering. And I see some recovery, but it, it, it seemed as though you were just showing, opening up to people on paper. Tell us what the book is about. Sure. So the, the process of writing actually started when my dad had passed away um, due to COVID. And the writing process had started for myself. Um, when he passed on, I just started to remember a lot. I was taken back to my childhood, and I remembered a lot about him when I was growing up and a lot of sacrifices that he had made and, and values that he instilled, life lessons. 
And I just started to type it out on my laptop. Um, and yes, it was also a medium for me to process my grief because I was not someone that wanted to talk to someone about it. I, I that people would not understand me and I would get emotional and I didn't want to talk about it, so I just started to write. I also wrote because of my kids. I wanted my kids to remember my dad um, because they didn't get to experience him as a granddad that could, you know, throw them up in the air and catch them and take them to the park. Um, they, they met my dad for a few years when he was quite, uh, you know, ailing. He had Parkinson's. So he was really mobile, um, and, and I wanted them to remember him, and that's why I started to write. And it was a very painful process, like you said, it was like you're bleeding, and then someone gets to read this, so it's a very intimate style of writing. I'm, I'm, I don't really even consider myself an author, I'm still processing that there's a book that's published, right? But I, I eventually wrote on all of these memories, and then, you know, a few of my, my friends would say, um, maybe you need to turn it into a book because it could help others. And, and I found the Facebook group. And at that time, it still wasn't the intention of releasing the book. I started this group to, to share my thoughts and my grief. And it was a private group where people could understand that journey and relate. And then I realized that there was this whole international audience of daughters that were responding, you know, uh, different nationalities across the world that started to write about their pain. And COVID was this beast that, just, that you know, um, deprived us of the opportunity to grieve with families, to have people physically around. Um, we, we underestimate how much it means to physically have someone there give you a hug or, you know, just physically be near you when, when you're grieving. And, and COVID restricted us of all of us. I mean, we had a closed casket wrapped in the cellophane paper which went into the infirmary. And, and you don't even know who's inside the coffin. So it, it's such a raw moment and an emotionally deep moment in someone's life to be grieving and to be having all of these thoughts coming at you from different directions. So for me, writing was this outlet where I started to write. And there were a couple of themes, I think, when I sat back and I looked at the, the book once it was done um, that emerged from this novel, which I think is relevant for almost anyone. You know, it's, it's not just about a daughter grieving. Yes, that's that's the gist of it, but there's, I thought that there was a lot more that came past the grieving stage. Um, for, forgive me for asking this question. I do understand it might sound a little insensitive, uh, but I do have an obligation to ask this question. Perhaps um, um, uh, you, you may choose to answer it or not answer it. Um, uh, daughters have lost fathers quite some time. It's, it's been happening in history. It has been happening with almost any and everyone. COVID is not the first murderer of our fathers. I too, as a son, lost a father in 1984. The losing of a father, the losing of a mother, the losing of a parent is not a novel concept. It's part of human mortality. Why do you, why did you feel the need to write this book? So you're 100% right. I don't think it's insensitive. You know, it's a valid question to ask because we all lose people. Uh, even as a kid, we lose our pet dog, our pet cat, or whatever it is. It's a form of grief. It's one of the first stages of grief that we experience. The reason I wrote the book is because from my experience, I found myself challenged to handle my emotions. I, I, I found myself at crossroads 
processing my thoughts. Uh, and yes, we know what grief is and we, we know about grief, but I felt like I knew more in my mind than I could explain to my heart. And when your emotions are involved, your heart starts to take over your mind. And that is a battle I had internally. And I think that the concept of emotional intelligence is something that people need to talk about more. Um, I mean, I was a mom that was grieving, but I also had kids that were grieving because they had lost their granddad. And I was overwhelmed with all of these emotions coming at me. And I also needed to help my kids understand in the same process. And that is not an easy place to be in when there's very little support physically around you. Do you find that perhaps you may have uh, relied emotionally on your father more on yourself, more than yourself? That your emotions were invested more on your father and not necessarily invested on yourself to the extent that in the absence of your father, you lost your soul? I would think so. I would think that, you know, I, I actually read this somewhere that the level of grief that you experience when you lose a loved one equates to the level or the, the depth of love that you felt for that person. And um, I definitely relied on my dad for many things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's a 360 perspective. He taught me about the world. I talk about that in the book about um, there's an acronym actually that I learned from a clinical psychologist. It's called SMSPE. S stands for spirituality, M stands for mental health, the second S stands for social well-being, P stands for physical health, and E stands for emotional health. And I I take the readers through the book, showing them how my dad groomed me to all of these elements. Uh, It was not a a lesson like where he said, sit down, we're going to talk about emotional health today. No. Um, we, We had random conversations. Um, random experiences and memories that were created throughout my life from childhood into adulthood. And uh, we sort of covered those acronyms and those um, 360 perspectives that started to come back when I started to write. I found it rather interesting that you found solace as a Hindu. It would have come naturally for me if I was a Hindu. And for you, in Chapter 5, you differentiating my soul from my body. I want to read just a part, um, uh, and then later on, uh, the, from 160 and page 161. Page 160, second paragraph reads, The foundation that helped me get through my grief was found by attending a free online discourse that addresses the learnings from the Bhagavad Gita as it is. I thought that would have been obvious there that if you're a Hindu, you will be able to find learning from the Bhagavad Gita because it has a lot of... So surely you should have been brought up in that favor. And then page 161, the very first paragraph reads, He was instilling in me what I needed for my journey in life when I was without him. I forgot this. I forgot it all somewhere along the way of growing up. I got lost and now I found myself again. The feeling of finding myself, my true self, is unexplainable. Therefore, no words can truly describe the emotion. This feeling cannot be captured well enough to describe its divine feeling within me. There was so much information gathered after learning about the Bhagavad Gita that I decided to dedicate emphasis to it with the intention of possibly helping others to full stop, close quote. Again, my question is, 
this, this, in my view, would have been an obvious step. When you find yourself lost, you go back to your theological text and find your way back. Kindly explain why it, it needed to be a process that you could have been taken through by an online course, and yet your father already taught you this. Sure. So my dad did not take me through the book page by page. Yeah. Um, we didn't go to, if you've looked at the Bhagavad Gita, there's 18 chapters, and it's quite a thick book. You know, as a kid, it would be something that's quite intimidating to get through, but yeah. there were lessons. There were lessons from the Bhagavad Gita that he had taught me. Uh, when we used to visit the temple as, as a child, um, there were little bursts or moments of little nuggets of wisdom that he would try to, you know, transcribe or bed to me through life lessons. Um, for example, um, there's a program called Food for Life, which teaches you charity, giving to others that are less fortunate. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's moments like that. Um, I had never read the Bhagavad Gita as an adult uh, until I reached this phase in my life of grief. I, I was guilty of not taking that initiative. Um, you know, I, I I didn't find the need to do it. In my mind, I always thought I would read that, you know, when I had retired and when I reached the end of my career, yeah. I would probably find a lot of time to sit down at, on the beach somewhere and go through that book. Uh, it was never something that jumped out to me because, you know, as we grow, we start working, we start building careers, we have families, we have kids. There's a million other responsibilities that come up in life. And for me personally, I was guilty of not putting religion first. And it took me go, going through this grief process um, to turn to religion because I, I had no other thoughts. There was nothing around me that was going to fill that void. Yeah. And it, this was coincidence. It's not like I thought I'm going to find all of the answers there. Um, it's not that I had that intention. I went out looking for information because... I now knew that, you know, we didn't exist, you know, this, this body was, was cremated, we started going into infirmary, and then I stopped and I asked myself, okay, so what does my religion tell me? Because I don't know. I don't know now. There, there was no priests or Hindu priests around me to, to guide me through that process or counsel us through that process because everyone was going through COVID and social distancing, and yes, they were available on, on cell phones and they were there to, you know... Um, online courses if you wanted to join, but people were not physically around to help you through that process. And, and that's when I started to search. I just started to Google. I found myself, you know, asking these questions, and then I stumbled upon this course that sort of navigated me chapter by chapter through the Bhagavad Gita. And um, that's when I was able to school myself about the difference between the body and the soul. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want, I want us to conclude our conversation by you just giving one piece of advice because in the final chapter, I think it's chapter 7 if I remember quite well, life lessons for my children and I'd like to hear which one you will pick because I personally found advice for your emotional self to be very helpful for a person who who has been accused of not being acquainted with my own emotions and understanding of my own emotions but I want you to, to pick which one what piece of advice you think is best for people of the republic so I think for me, it's definitely um, the mental one. It's mindset. Um, I've, I've experienced that through grief as well. As much as there's a lot of emotions that are involved in grief, I think it's your mind. If your mind is in check and is in control and you know the difference between right and wrong, you can always learn. You can always teach yourself. You can always unlearn that habit. You know, there's also lots of 
generational legacies that are passed down, which are not necessarily good. And I think this generation is starting to question a lot of that before we pass it down to our kids and the forthcoming generation. But that requires a mindset that knows right from wrong and, and wanting to learn, having a thirst for knowledge. Uh, we don't know it all. None of us know it all. We all, we're all learning as we go along. And if our mind is positive, we, we can learn anything, you know. Uh, we can learn about spirituality. We can learn about emotions. We can learn about socializing. So to me, the, the power of the mind is really important because the mind can equally destroy us, you know, if we have a lot of self-doubt, a lot of negativity. Um, it's going to create a void in our life and it's going to consume us. So we need to know and be conscious of the power of the mind. All right. Do you have your book there with you, a copy? Uh, yes, I do. I have it here. May I ask you to read page 291, a message to all readers, and that will be a parting shot. I would like you to sure. read it out, and people will listen to you reading just a part of your own book, and that will be our parting shot. Sure. Thank you. A message to all readers. I have never felt more alive, more mean, more naked than I ever have until my writing in this book. I loved every moment of it. I loved sharing it so I can hopefully help others. If I ask myself what my purpose in life is, this book was one of them. To help everyone around me be the best version of themselves. My father taught this daughter to become a soldier that is capable of fighting her own wars. My father did so much he raised me to do so much. And this book was one of those things I could give back in honor of him. I had to make his life memorable, but also acknowledge how he has shaped my life, my children's life, and the generations to come. His mission and message did not go in vain. It has been celebrated and amplified to each generation and will continue to do so for many years to come. Can you remember all profits from the sale of this book Go to support ISKCON Initiative, which is the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. This book was never created for wealth or fame, but purely for awareness. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others. So you can share the messages or benefits you received. If you can gift it, please support the sales, as you will be indirectly supporting the ISKCON Foundation to bring more awareness and help more souls here on Earth. Remember the power of consciousness in your life. Jai Shri Krishna, a father's conscious daughter. Thank you very much. Swastika Jugarnath, thank you very much. Really appreciate your authorship and your contribution to South African literature. Thank you, Naya. Thank you.